Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 23rd, 2016. My name is Phil Prosperike. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to everyone. I'll share with you some Thanksgiving plans we have for the podcast this week, uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll also preview tonight's game against the Phoenix Suns, talk a little bit about Mario Zonia and, and what the Magic should do with him. And of course, uh, it being Thanksgiving, I'll, I'll, I'll stay on the positive side and, and talk about some things that... Uh, you know, we'll either be thankful for or at least are, are good signs from the Orlando Magic so far this season. But before we get going, I do want to remind you that if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. You can download us automatically on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all those fun places that you can find podcasts and have them downloaded onto whatever device that you want to download them to. Uh, specifically for iTunes, uh, we do appreciate if you would give us a five-star review. Let people know what you think about the show. It helps us climb the ratings and reach other Magic fans as well. And, you know, when when, when you're going around the Thanksgiving table and, and, and saying what you're thankful for, I hope Locked on Magic is on there. And if it isn't, well, at least at least bring us up once, you know, during appetizers. You know, you don't not 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 while you're eating the turkey, not while you're carving the turkey, but but at least once during appetizers, just say, hey, I listen to this great podcast, Locked On Magic. It's fantastic. Uh, tells me everything I need to know about the Orlando Magic, and I think I think everyone at the table should listen to it too. Uh, we 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 certainly would appreciate that, and and uh, I would I, I would appreciate that. But of course, uh, maybe I'm imposing, but uh, you know. Uh, uh, a guy can try, right? A guy can try. Be sure also to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. I specifically enjoyed listening to yesterday's episode of Locked On Bucks, recapping Giannis Antetokounmpo's first triple-double of the season and the Milwaukee Bucks win over the Orlando Magic. It was the Locked On Podcast of the day. Uh, the network does pick a podcast every day. Uh, we'll try and, and share those as well on our social media channels, uh, on Twitter, at Locked On Magic, as well as on Facebook, uh, at Locked On Magic as well. So be sure to give us a follow on Twitter as well as a like on Facebook. Now that those announcements are out of the way, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming game. Wednesday, the Orlando Magic take on the Phoenix Suns. Magic had Tuesday off as they traveled back from Milwaukee overnight. Serge Ibaka actually did a, a big turkey giveaway over at the Amway Center. So a nice, you know, uh, the Magic are always very, very big at the holiday season. They'll have their their annual turkey. They'll have their annual Thanksgiving breakfast um, that that many of the players as well as executives participate in over at the uh, Coalition for the Homeless on Thursday. I'm sure, uh, and and obviously there'll be other events going on around the city involving the Magic. Uh, and of course, the Magic are home this week. They get Phoenix followed by Washington on Friday, and then Milwaukee on Sunday before they hit the road for their first big road trip of the year, starting off in San Antonio. So. A lot going on, a lot to get to, uh, but first, a big opportunity on Wednesday. The the Phoenix Suns, frankly, are just not a very good team. They have some very good players, don't get me wrong, 
but they just don't seem overly impressive to me. I watched their game against the Washington Wizards from Monday, uh, and they certainly were capable of scoring and keeping up with the Wizards. They've got weapons. Devin Booker has just become a scoring savant, and he's given a lot of freedom, and I'm probably in the hot take category of I'm not quite buying the Devin Booker hype train quite yet. Um, he can, obviously, he can he can put up a lot of points. I'm not going to debate that. Um, but he gets a lot of shots. He gets a lot of freedom to do that as well. And I think that has certainly helped him in his development, uh, something that uh, someone will talk about a little bit later on the show, Mario Azonia has not gotten. But you got to be cognizant of Devin Booker. you got to be connected to him, keep him from the three-point line. A bigger thing with the Suns, though, is keeping Eric Bledsoe out of the paint. Uh, Bledsoe is a really good point guard, and and he's a very good scorer, especially from the point guard position. And he will attack and attack and attack and attack. And what you got to do is you got to keep a, keep his penetration uh, contained and close out really well when you do get beat. And the Magic of late have done a very very good job at that. They've done a very good job of containing dribble penetration, making the ball handler go where they want them to go. A big thing that I noticed against the Bucks, um, and one of the reasons I think the defense was so successful was the Magic did a really good job forcing the Bucks to go where they wanted to go. They really corralled the ball handlers really well, except in transition. But that's something that the Magic are continuing to get better at, and, and this will be another test for them as, as Friday will against the Washington Wizards. The Suns, though, are just... They're, they're a really weird team. They're, they're a very hot and cold team. They have one of the worst defenses in the league to this point. Their defensive rating this year is 106.3. That is in the bottom 10 of the league. The Magic have climbed up to, uh, I think they're still at 13. They're still, they're then the top half of the league now after spending a good chunk of the first part of the season uh, at the very, very bottom. Offensively, Phoenix is a little bit better. 101.3 offensive rating. Uh, do a, They do, they do are able to put the ball in the basket, but they're still below average offense. The Magic are the worst offense in the league at 95.7 points per 100 possessions, but 102.5 defensive rating, and so this is going to be kind of a test of wills. The Magic have got to find a way to crack this defense. Uh, they should be able to get the same quality of shots, the same uh, kind of opportunities, uh, and, and we saw, you know, even against Milwaukee, they got their chances, uh, they made shots in the first half, and they took the lead. They had control of the game. They started missing shots in the second half. Their defense kept them in it, but they, they began to lose the rope a little bit, uh, and, and certainly they lost their lead by then, too. So, offense is going to be, again, like so many things with this Magic team, you just don't feel like they're capable of blowing any team out yet. I mean, I think we're still due for, and we will get at some point, a game where the Magic just shoot 50% the the whole game, and everything just clicks, and we'll just see exactly who this team is, and that's kind of the formula it will take to blow teams out. This Magic team hasn't shown that yet, and I think those are going to be the rare occurrences and to be frank, I think this Magic team just isn't capable of doing that. There are just some teams that cannot pull away from, from other teams for whatever reason. And this Magic team, the way they struggle to generate offense is kind of that team. And so I, I don't think that that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It just means there's going to be a lot of close games, and close games tend to be 50-50 prospects, and it comes down to execution. And, and I fielded a lot of a lot of calls uh, a lot of mentions on Twitter after Monday's game, just lamenting the late game execution. The reality is the Magic have actually been very good late in games. Uh, in clutch situations, according to 
uh, NBA.com, the Magic are 6-3 and three in close games this year. They have a plus 9.4 net rating in close games this year. I'll repeat that. 9.4 points per 100 possessions better than their opponents in close games. Obviously, it's a small sample size, about 32 minutes. 98.6 offensive rating, still not good, but an 89.2 defensive rating. The Magic have done a really good job in the fourth quarter stopping other teams, giving themselves a chance to win, and executing just enough to win those games or maintain a lead. Like I've said, that's a skill. I don't think that that is not a skill. You look at the teams that are at the top of this list. The teams ahead of the Orlando Magic in, in as far as clutch net rating, according to NBA.com, and how they define clutch. Golden State, they've only played nine minutes of clutch basketball. San Antonio. Boston, who's 6-2 and two despite all their struggles. Cleveland. Memphis, 6-3. and three. The LA Clippers. The Lake, the six and six Los Angeles Lakers are six. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The Celtics are six and two in clutch situations. I, sh- I should I should have clarified that. The Los Angeles Lakers, not a great team, but they're they're sitting at 500. They're sitting above 500 right now. Actually, I think they're eight and seven after tonight's game. The Oklahoma City Thunder and the Orlando Magic. The Magic, in fact, have played the. Uh, there are a few teams that have played some very close games. The Raptors and Lakers have played 12, the Kings 11, the Thunder 10, Spurs 10, Suns 10. Suns have played a lot of close games. They're 3-7 and seven in those close games. 103.9 defensive rating, 98.5 offensive rating. So their offense goes into a shell. And that's what happened against Washington. That's why they lost against Washington. They had a lead late in that game, and they just failed to execute on both ends of the floor. They missed a rebound. Washington got the board, put back, and won. That gave them the lead for good. Phoenix couldn't score the rest of the way, and Washington pulled away for a four-point win. The Magic are a better, have played a fair amount of close games. Nine games is in the top half of the league. I think it looks like it's in the top ten as far as close games so far this year, and I think that's just who the Magic are. And like I I tend to tell people this when they get too obsessed with clutch stats. Good teams don't win close games. They avoid them. Because for the most part, close games are going to be 50-50 propositions. The Raptors are 6-6 six and six in close games. The Thunder are 5-5. Five and five. You don't typically win most of your close games. You typically come out at around 500. So the Magic being at 6-3 and three is honestly a good sign that they're overperforming in these situations. That they're playing and winning and executing in these close games. And so... I worry less about what happened in Milwaukee because that's going to happen occasionally. But against this Suns team, the Magic got to find a way to, 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 make, to make it crack. And, and like I said on the last podcast, the defense is kind of leading them to the door. The offense has to get them through it. And for the most part this year, in those close situations, the offense has. So hopefully that confidence remains pretty high, even with the, even with the uh, I guess, failure or the loss Monday against the Bucks. But... Phoenix is a very, very beatable team. They're dangerous offensively. You've got to be on par on your on your defense and your rotations, especially your, your dribble and drive penetration corralling. But they're very, very beatable, especially if you can get some shots to fall. And of course, that's been the problem for the Orlando Magic so far this year. So once again, the Orlando Magic take on the Phoenix Suns over at the Amway Center. That game uh, starts tips off at 7 o'clock Um you know where to go to, to, to find, you know where to go. Uh, it'll be on Fox Sports Florida, of course. 
Uh, and be sure to check out our good pals at SeatGeek for tickets if you do not have them already. Should be a good appetizer for Thanksgiving. Someone's going to cut the turkey. I wonder who it's going to be. Uh, who it's going to be. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a Magic player once again. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. All right, let's talk very, very quickly then about uh, a player who certainly has a lot of the attention for Magic fans this year, someone who Magic fans want to be good and, and want to see on the floor, but just hasn't been able to get on the floor quite yet, and that is our good friend Mario Hazonia. Ever since the Magic made this lineup change, one of the big laments has been Mario Hazonia. Uh, when the Magic made their lineup change, they uh, what they did was they moved Jeff Green in the starting lineup over Aaron Gordon. Uh, they essentially replaced Mario Hazonia with C.J. Watson and then threw Damian Rudez in at the four to support Aaron Gordon. Having Hazonia out there seemed like kind of a no seems like at least in theory kind of a no brainer. He's a guy that that people believe is a shooter and that's his NBA skill, but. The truth of the matter is, Hazonia has really, really struggled this year. In 15.4 minutes per game across nine games this season, he's shooting 30.8% from the floor and just 17.9% from beyond the arc. He's averaging 5.6 points per game, which is down from last year. His minutes are about two and a half minutes down as well per game, so perhaps that isn't as big of a concern. Uh, His per 36 numbers are a about the same 12.9 points per 36 minutes this season. That is up from last year, so a, a modest improvement. But the fact of the matter is, Hazoni was brought into the league based on his shooting and his shooting potential. That was something that they believe that that scouts believed he would be able to do at the NBA level and do it relatively immediately. The plain fact is, though, he hasn't done it, and that's why he currently finds himself sitting on the bench. The Magic needed stability. They needed uh, to, and they needed something of a sure thing. They needed uh, to to kind of steady the ship a little bit as they worked through some of the bugs and some of the lessons that they needed to learn with their with their young players and and with their uh, with their new system and coach. Remember, the Magic are under tremendous pressure this year to win and win now. And unfortunately, Mario Hazonia just isn't that kind of player. Not yet. His shooting is just not good enough. And when you break things down even further, his defense hasn't been good enough either. And that was expected. Everyone knew he had a long way to go defensively, and I would say he's gotten better defensively. But he struggled on that end too. And you add in the fact that his offense has not produced anything at all, that he isn't making his shots, that he's taking some bad shots, that he's turning the ball over a little bit too much. When you take all that into account, it's hard to find value in him. And so what are the Magic supposed to do with Mario Hazonia? Because obviously, fifth overall pick from last year, it's too early to give up on him. He's only 21 years old, after all, I believe. Uh, He's only 21 years old, about to turn 22 in February. It's It's absolutely not the time to give up on him. 
he still merits an opportunity, merits consideration, and merits uh, a chance when the time arises. It's about finding the right time to use him now, more than anything, since he's out of the rotation. And every time Frank Vogel's asked about, about it, he says, you know, Mario understands what's going on. He's taken it well. Of course, that could be coach speak, uh, but that is the going line right now from from the Magic themselves. And the anticipation is that he will be back in the rotation at some point. That he's not going to stay out for very long. But what can the Magic do in the meantime to try and get him some kind of opportunity? Well, one of the suggestions going around is to send him to the D-League, which I, I'm i not a huge fan of with him because his problem is shooting. And it's not going to get better playing in the D-League than it would in the NBA. I, I worry with the D-League, especially someone who's as high of a draft pick as he is, that sending him to Erie could could be a problem in that it, it ruins his confidence. It's seen as punishment more than as a chance to improve. Um, I think if the team were in Kissimmee or Lakeland, the Magic would almost certainly do it, especially now that he's not playing right now. Get him some game time, bring him back in for practice because the Magic, and this was true under Otis Smith, and I think for, to a certain extent it's true under Rob Hennigan as well, the Magic believe you learn a, a young player learns more working in an NBA practice than they do playing in the D League, even as a star. So essentially, if Hazonia goes there, he's going to get alpha minutes, and that's not going to be his role with the Magic. Maybe it should be though. And so I, I don't think it's crazy to say that he should go to the D League or spend some time there. I don't think it's crazy. I just don't think it's likely. What's more likely is Hazonia has to prove himself in practice that a shot's coming around, that he's understanding the defensive principles, uh, and that will give that will create an opportunity. What, what's also likely, I think, is the Magic made this lineup change hoping to stabilize some things, stabilize their process, stabilize their principles, and when that is stabilized, players will know how to help and adjust when Hazonia when is in there. And I think that's a that's a big piece of this puzzle, too. Now that the Magic's defense has begun to play better, perhaps that's an opportunity to bring Hazonia back into the game. Because now the defense can adapt and recover for him. And perhaps he understands things better now too and can adapt and recover as well. Everyone's got to fill a role, remember. Where I think the Magic need to use Hazonia right now is as kind of a change of pace, kind of a relief pitcher type player. Give him his opportunities when they come. Maybe make them limited at the moment. There's no doubt, though, the Augustin, Watson, Fournier, uh, Fournier or Gordon, Augustin, Augustin, I'm sorry, the, the Augustin, Watson, Gordon, Rudez, Biombo lineup is working. It's doing very, very well. It didn't do quite as well Monday. Um, it is a bench unit. But overall, it's done very, very well. But perhaps when it struggles like it did Monday night, that's when you throw Hazonia in. You throw him in for Watson. Heck, you throw him in for, for Rudez and move Gordon to the four. The intransigence about playing Gordon any minutes at the four certainly is hurting Mario Hazonia a little bit. But at the same time, you got to find ways to sneak Mario into the game. 
two, three minutes here or there, four minutes, five minutes. You can find ways to sneak him into the game. And I think that's where the Magic are at right now. They've got to find ways, maybe when their offense is struggling, to try and sneak him into the game for a little while, see if he can spark something. Because Hazonia can get hot. But he can also struggle and weigh you down more. His offense has not been good this year. And until it gets better, it's tough to throw him out there. And so I I really don't know what's next for Hazonia. I do think the Magic need to try and work him back into the rotation. I would imagine they'll try and do it after the road trip or during the road trip. Hazonia's also got to do his part. He's got to perform better in practice and, and prove to the coaching staff that he deserves another opportunity, that he deserves another look and deserves these chances when they come around. He's got to stay ready. Injuries in the NBA happen. And should a wing get hurt, that's Mario's chance. That's that's that He's got to be ready because the schedule's not going to wait for an injured player to get better and the Magic are obviously under all that pressure that we talked about. The hope is the next time we see Mario Hazonia play meaningful minutes, he will be... He'll make shots, number one. And he'll be the kind of player that looks like he can contribute. Through his first eight or so games, outside of that Washington game, it was hard to say that he was a positive contributor for the Magic. And that is the most disappointing thing of all with Hazonia. And that makes figuring out how to use him now, now that you've decided to take him out of the rotation, that makes that decision all the more difficult to figure out. To close the show today, I want to talk very, very quickly about some some bright spots for the Orlando Magic. After all, it is uh, Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Eve. There will not be a Thanksgiving show. I'll probably post a quick recap of the Magic Suns game. Just take care of that. Uh, Wish you all happy Thanksgiving uh, on on that note uh, after talking about that game. Uh, And then... Close the show out from there. So no full show on Thanksgiving Day. Just a quick recap. Uh, I'll mention it on Friday's show. We'll be back uh, with a full show on Friday. But it being Thanksgiving, let's talk about some things that we're thankful for uh, with this Magic team. Some bright spots for the Orlando Magic so far. And, And there actually have been a few. I think, number one, I think this defense has looked a lot better and is beginning to look like a real defense for the Orlando Magic. And I think that is an incredibly bright spot. That's something we anticipated this team being this season, and now we're really beginning to see it. And, and I think a big part of that is actually uh, Bismack Biombo. He is... He, I was skeptical of that signing uh, when the Magic did it. Um, I, I was all about the Serge Ibaka-Aaron Gordon 4-5 pairing. Uh, I was very, very excited uh, I was very skeptical of, of the Biombo signing. I thought it was superfluous. They could have put their resources elsewhere. Uh, but Biz has come through in exactly the ways the Magic wanted, want him to. Perhaps he's overpaid. Perhaps it does mean that there's going to be changes to get him in the starting lineup eventually. But Biz is every bit the thing he was advertised on on, def- on the defensive end. He has made some incredible blocks this year. He has energized the team coming off the bench. He's been... A defensive anchor, and that's exactly what the Magic need from him. Um, Orlando is very, very happy with Bismack Biombo to this point. Uh, so he, him, and the defense 
have been a big, big bright spot for the Magic so far. I do have to say also that I think one of the bright spots is the the veterans that the Magic brought in. Say what you want about them. Say what you want about what it means that their rotations changed, and certainly there's been some inconsistencies with them. But overall, the guys that the Magic brought in this summer have contributed in meaningful ways this year. Serge Ibaka's begun to come around. His defense has really picked up and has begun to look like uh, the, those OKC days that the Magic uh, wanted to see from him. His, he's beginning to find his fit within the offense as well, and I think that has helped the Magic really improve. Uh, on top of that, DJ Augustin's been a nice boost as a backup point guard. There's certainly some talk of bringing him into the starting lineup over Alfred Payton in some ways. Um, his shooting's been good. He's just been a very, very solid player for the Magic and obviously helped them win Saturday's game against the Dallas Mavericks. I have no complaints about DJ Augustin either. Uh, Biz, I talked about. Jeff Green for all his struggles, and, and he's certainly the weakest of the veterans that the Magic brought in. For for all his struggles, he's done some good things too. He's been better defensively than I think I anticipated, and I, again, I, I don't think he's necessarily the answer at small forward for the long term. But since making that change, he's helped that starting unit become a little bit better, get off to better starts. And I think just him knowing his role and knowing, like I said in in the podcast episode on Monday, I believe it was, he knows how to just kind of stay out of the way. And I do think that's important for a team that that has a lot of guys who need and want the ball in their hands. And so I'll, I'll give Jeff Green his props. Certainly he needs a little bit more improvement on that end. Uh, and I think that will uh, that will bring things together a little bit more for him. But Green does some things very, very well, does some things very, very poorly. You just accept him for who he is at the end. And I think the number one bright spot, the number one thing that Magic fans should be thankful for is Frank Vogel. Uh, Frank Vogel um, came under a lot of fire early on in the season because the defense just was not performing to the standards that, that he set, and it seemed like things were taking a long time, and again, so much pressure on the season to make the playoffs that it, it's hard to to be patient sometimes. And yet, he stuck with it. He's kept positive. He's, you know, said, that it's you know, things are coming. We're still coming together. We're still figuring things out. You know, after a big loss, he'll point out the things that they did well as well as the things that they did poorly and get the team moving in the right direction again. And the Magic largely have moved in the right direction. They've gotten better from the beginning of the season, and now you feel a little bit more comfortable about where they're at as a team and as a franchise and as an organization. And Frank Vogel has brought a lot of that a lot of that stability and positivity to the team. There's no panic in this group right now. Um, you, there's, there's still a, there's a very much a determination and very much an expectation that they will get better. And I think no one is more frustrated with the offense and the offensive struggles than this Magic team. They know they're getting the looks they want and they're just not hitting them. They know that they've got to improve the ball movement and fight some bad habits um, on the offensive end. But overall, this this Magic team has gotten better and I think Frank Vogel deserves a lot of credit for that. Now, granted, it's been against some weaker scheduling at the beginning of the season and granted, uh, it's still very, very early and I think the big West Coast, the big road trip on two, on beginning next week uh, is going to be a big first step for the Magic. They play San Antonio, which is a tough game. It's kind of a Midwest-East Coast trip, not a West Coast trip like it usually is in December. Uh, but uh, it's a big it's a big trip. Um, there, are, there are very beatable teams on that trip, and so the Magic 
uh, can still fight and show some resolve, which frankly they've shown throughout this this season. And I, I credit Frank Vogel for helping create some resolve in this team. The magic of one games this year, as ugly as they've been, and as close as maybe as they've been, unnecessarily close as they've been, the Magic have won some games this year that I don't think they win last year. I, I really believe that. I don't think the Magic beat the Sixers the way they beat the Sixers. I don't think the Magic beat the Mavericks the way they beat the Mavericks. I don't think the Magic even beat the Kings the way they beat the Kings. Or certainly, probably not even the Pelicans last year. They don't certainly win all those games. And outside of Milwaukee, they've control they've won the fourth quarters of most of these games most of these close games and and I'll credit Frank Vogel as well as the veteran presence uh for for doing all that this this season so far and I think that's not something to overlook again and certainly another bright spot for the Orlando Magic this season that'll do it for today's show of locked on magic it is Thanksgiving Eve my Plan on Thanksgiving again is to do a quick recap of the Magic Suns game. Friday we'll be back with a full episode preview the upcoming preview the upcoming weekend games. Uh, that'll be Friday's game against the Washington Wizards, as well as Sunday's game against Milwaukee Bucks, and I'll also talk about a few other issues with the Magic as well. I'd also like to bring back the Friday mini mailbag, so I'm announcing it here. Send in your questions for the mini mailbag. If you have a Magic question that you want answered on the podcast, send them in to me on Twitter at LockedOnMagic. You can also use the hashtag LockedOnMagic, uh, sending it to my personal Twitter account at OmagicDaily, uh, and we'll pick we'll pick up all those questions uh, and uh, have them ready for the show on Friday. A Thanksgiving mailbag um, over on Locked On Magic. I want to wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving. In case you do not listen to Thursday's recap of the Magic Suns game. Uh, Again, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great time with your family. Uh, Should be a good, interesting game at the Amway Center Wednesday as the Magic take on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Another opportunity for a big home win for the Magic. They've banked up a few of those so far this year, and uh, I think it's also, uh, that's something you got to do if you're planning on making the playoffs, and I, I, I would say that the Magic have to continue to do that this weekend, beginning Wednesday against the Phoenix Suns. That'll do it for me. I want to thank everyone for listening once again on behalf of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. Have a great day, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving again. We will see you all briefly on Thursday, but we will see most of you all on Friday. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa Know How. Napa Know How. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 103117.